0: Welcome back, I'm your host, Mr. You. Thank you again for joining us on the All Purpose Pod For an All Purpose Life, wherever you are today And however you listen to the Call Me Mr. You the podcast Thank you again for making us a part of your morning, your day, and your week We are your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and the Twitter. Download and subscribe to our show wherever you you enjoy your podcast. Thank you again for joining us for your weekly mirror check before you go change the world. Thank you again for coming back. Love all support we're getting from you on our social media platforms. Keep it coming, baby. We love it. Thanks again for your support here. Interpret to our shows. I want to ask you a question about, eh, it could be a loaded question, but Something for us to think about, okay? And of course, I'd love to hear your thoughts on those, these particular issues on our social media platform, if you care to share those. Maybe we'll have an opinion poll out there somewhere, but here's a question for you to start our show off. Do you think we're good at learning from our mistakes? Do you think you're good at learning from your mistakes? See, I don't know how old you are. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what level of experience you have and the kind of person you have, the kind of background you have. I have no idea. But do you think you're good at learning from your mistakes? I think this is one of those areas where they call me Mr. You with thrives because this is the kind of stuff that we really enjoy talking about because it's universal. It's a universal discussion. It's not for anybody to turn it off and say, you know what? That's not for me. It's for everybody. Because we all have an issue in this area. Do we learn from our mistakes? I was having a discussion. A matter of fact, my wife and I was. It was probably a couple of months ago. But we met this couple. They were an unmarried couple. I won't say their name just in case they're listening. But they were an unmarried couple. I won't even say where we met them, at because that might give it away too. But they had an affinity. And I I mean that very lightly. They have an affinity for polytheism. Or the worship of different gods and multiple religions. They were pretty uh, smorgasbordian in their religious taste. Uh, They kind of had a mentality of feeding from them all. You know, almost like a buffet table. But just a spiritual buffet table. That might sound great to some of you, but I think some of you may understand the challenge in that if you... If you dig deep enough, uh, there was definitely uh, a lot of insights and delights that, you know, may come from that mindset, I guess. But the free spirited mentality can often hold more bondage in it than originally thought. Because, and I believe this, and I know many philosophers will agree with me, that when you have too many choices, often you're more paralyzed than you are if you only had two. There's actually statistics that talk about this kind of thing. It's, and I, I even read it in a few uh, people skill business books, especially in the area of sales, especially. If you have two or three options, it's usually easier to, for somebody to make a decision. If you have two options, it's even easier. When you have five options to choose from, six options, seven, it makes it very hard for the prospective client to be able to make a decision on a sale, to make a decision on a product or an approach. Because there's too many options and because, because they have so many options, they're more paralyzed than they would be if they only had one or two. That might not make sense in your mind, but think about it. Trust me, it's it's not it's not mumbo jumbo. It actually makes sense. I want to harken back to the children of Israel. We talk about them a lot because it's basically the, the core of who we are. The mistakes that have been made there, for some reason, they are cyclical in a way, and we, we continue to make those mistakes over and over again. So if we don't learn from our past, and you can finish the sentence for me, we're doomed to repeat it, right? In the time that they were becoming a nation, idolatry and polytheism was rampant. And just to be clear, it actually displeased the Lord of the Bible. Why was that? Because he didn't want to share his worship with inanimate objects. If you understand what I'm saying, and it required judges and prophets to be installed to help steer and return the hearts back to the return the, the collective hearts of the nation back to Father God, or to a standard of of, of living and a uh, a more unified approach to this life that they had. Just to be brief and concise. But what does a divided heart look like? I mean, it it, it baffles my mind, and I, I I I say here, and I say that without judgment. I don't mean to point at anybody, not the couple out that we met or anything. But what does a divided heart look like? I, I think that we overestimate how our heart actually works. You don't have to be a heart surgeon to understand that in our heart we have many chambers and arteries and ventricles, and and our heart is pretty complex you say a complex instrument not just our physical heart but actually our spiritual heart our mind our spirit it takes a lot to try to juggle a lot of things in our heart it, in in a lot of ways I know for myself personally it paralyzes you because you find yourself unable to function unable to make decisions because you have so much going on a divided heart looks like that Somebody who's flighty, doesn't know what to do, confused, changes whatever they hear a great idea or advice of a friend. They change their mind or they see someone on a commercial or on a television show that they love to binge watch and, and they change their mind. They get off of their stance and jump on to the other one and then to the other one and then another one. I'm a firm believer in not letting my emotions leave my decision making That's not easy, and I get that. I'm not trying to act like I'm an expert or a guru in the area. I am totally not. I'm not perfect whatsoever. There's nothing perfect about me, that I can be a perfect mess sometimes. That's all that's perfect about me. But if you think about road rage, you can see how people can let their emotions dictate their decision making. Look at the impact it can have. If you decide, you know what, a person cut me off, I'm going to get up behind them and cut in front of them and slap on my bricks. Imagine what could happen. Not only the person's in, in your car, but the person's in their car. Their lives can be changed forever. Perhaps even you end up going to jail. How does that impact your family? They may go to jail. How does it impact their family and their ability to eat, to live? Maybe even that's the breadwinner. How are they are going to eat? Where the next meal is going to come from? Maybe they don't have savings. Every decision, it matters. And we can't let emotions, because emotions are a horrible teacher. We can't let emotions lead us. You should know that if you have any level of adulthood in you, any level of experience, and you know that emotions cannot be the guiding force for how you decide things. I can say that on social media, we can go on for days about that. But I see so many areas where there's posts and tweets, and they're led by emotions. How I feel, I'm lashing out because they said this to me. And I ain't talking to him because he said something about my team. He said, my team sucked. They do suck. But don't let emotions lead you in how you decide things, how you move forward in life. You can't let your emotions dictate that. But somehow we continue to do that. My question is, why do we do that? Why is that a constant thing for us all the time? There's an old saying out there, and I hate it because it's stupid. I'm just being honest about that. I'm not going to even try to sugar care. It's a dumb statement. There's no validity to it whatsoever, except that it's not good for us. And there's a saying, and it goes like this, the heart wants what the heart wants. When you hear that, you probably imagine flowers and, and violin music and people dancing around in the meadows, holding hands and hugging each other by the riverside and all kind of crap like that. The heart wants what the heart wants. To a degree, it's true, but it's still irresponsible. There's a quote in the book of Jeremiah 17, verse 9 is the actual address. And it said that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? The heart. That same heart that wants what it wants. That heart is deceitfully wicked. It's always geared towards something ugly. Something self-aggrandizing. Something perilous, something selfish in nature, something carnal in nature. You might ask, why would God make that? Topic for another day. We can come back to that later. But the point is that it can't be trusted, i.e., our emotions can't be trusted to lead us, to help make decisions for us. Our emotions change too much. Excuse me. Capacity is really a funny thing, you know. We think we don't have space, but the space we have is just being misused. You decide how much you're going to love somebody. You decide how much you're going to respect somebody. How much honor you're going to give out. How much integrity you're going to show when nobody's looking. We decide that on our own. As if we understand the intricacies of the heart. We don't. How many chambers of the heart contain? What are its present contents? These are questions that we struggle to answer. We don't see the heart. We just see its fruit. We see what comes out of it when we open our mouths in certain situations. Then we know what's actually in there. But that's how we know. We can't see it through our chest. We can hear its beat. We don't know the contents, we don't know what's in there. We don't know what's been added removed, diluted, intensified, we have no idea. So how we become experts of the heart all of a sudden? Where if the heart wants what it wants, we just give in to that. That's foolishness right there. That's foolishness. That's not how it works. And because the children of Israel operated in that same kind of mentality, like I said, everything's not everything's not brand new. It's just the same stuff Cycled over and over again throughout history Over and over again We're not, Nothing's new under the sun like Solomon said it's the same deal So what's the problem with Israel and its people Where did the line between blessing and cursing Get so blurry I feel as though We miss one important aspect Of all of this stuff We're not learning From what history has shown us The fact that we can sit here And, and look at this regurgitated Recycled idea that Whatever the heart wants, we give into it. Do whatever feels good. Do whatever your imagination can think. Do you understand how deep the depths of your imagination are? You could think of some of the most ridiculous, wicked things in the entire world. You think that when somebody cuts you off on the road in the morning, you think of all kinds of ways you can harm them, don't you? Don't lie. That's in your imagination. Do you want to trust that to be your guide? And to lead you? Are you kidding me? Can we please be honest today? Please? These same this same nation, these same children, their leader went to go and commune with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't cut out like a deadbeat dad. He just went to go commune with God to get some instructions for their benefit. Before he was even up there good, they already made a golden cow out of all the jewelry they had and said, this is the cow that brought us out of Israel. Or brought us out of Egypt, excuse me. That brought Israel out of Egypt. We're going to worship him since our leader disappeared. He hasn't come back yet. That was born out of a wicked imagination. How would you let that lead you anywhere? Look where it led them. To death and destruction. I know people in business who said, I tried it, but it didn't work for me. To each his own, right? I wonder if that's how we approach our faith too. I tried it, but it got too hard. Moses was too long of there, so I'm going to do my own thing. Maybe this cow, get to worship in him. You can't talk about he you can't even move, but whatever. I'm going to worship him. And People have a problem with organized religion. I mean, that's just part of the problem. Organized religion is only bad because of the people in it and their wicked imagination and had to take things that are holy and make them unholy or take things out of context because they lack discipline and integrity and honor and try to make things more palatable because of their selfish taste. When did organized religion become the same as a creator's relationship with his creator? Moses was up on that mountain watching Netflix he was communing with his God there's something sweet about that when it's done in the right context the very breath of his body came from his creator he was connecting how, how you doing that with a, with a golden cow how's that happening you made the cow so basically you're worshiping yourself yeah think about it it's time for a total mind shift right now how about we tried the way it was intended and see if that works for that. I mean, actually try it the way it was intended. I've seen that in business before. People talk about, oh, I can't do that. I don't like this. It didn't work for me. But the part that they leave out is that they never really tried it in the way it was intended to be done. They tried it their own way and it failed. So you actually failed yourself. You didn't really try it the way it was done. Same thing with your faith. Try it the way that it's actually done. And then let's see if it fails. What are Israel's takeaways? How can we learn from them? Where did they get it wrong? Where are we getting it wrong right now? That golden cat that I was talking about, that's just a need for control, pure and simple. These guys could not stand to wait to hear what God had to say to them. And they abandoned their postings, in a sense, and said, you know what? We need to have control of this whole situation. This nation needs to be under control. So, Let's all take the jury off. We're gonna make this cow. He's gonna be our new leader. And we're gonna go from there. That's a desperate need for control, pure and simple. There's more elements to it, but at at its core, that's what it is, a need for control. Israel isn't some faraway place we read about in books. It's a vivid picture of what happens when we're left to our own devices. Moses left them for 40 days and 40 nights Doesn't sound like a long time, maybe it is in their sense But the bottom line is that They were left to their own devices They had leadership But he was asleep on the job The story that you hear about Israel That we talk about on this show is just a vivid picture Like I said something that's actually cyclical that happens over and over again Throughout generations, throughout history Just come back around again And it's back around again what happens when we left to our own devices? What is the result of that? Usually it's not good. When creation cuts themselves off from their creator in favor of an inferior life source like a cow or some other statue or some other god that can't talk, can't command, can't lead, we have a, res- a result that's disastrous. We have a big problem, not only in society, in our world, in our families in everything. So I don't know if you can see this, but I just wanted to share this today so that hopefully we have something to think about. There's plenty to think about regarding this topic. But if you see a cautionary tale, don't just gasp and stand back at all. Learn from it. Wherever you are today and however you listen to the Call Me to You, the podcast. Thank you again for making this a part of your morning, your day, and your week. we your weekly leadership before you go change the world. Thank you again for joining us. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and the Twitter. Download, subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcast from. Thank you again. Please enjoy the music. Coach out. Learn from your mistakes.